Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. We. It's working. It's working. I did. Talk more about (laughs) Andalite booze. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh, I was wondering... Uh, hi, my name's Joy. I'm new here. Hi, Joy. <laughs> hi, Joy. <laughs> uh, I was wondering, because we have a full axe spread of food here, chocolate-covered popcorn for the mm-hmm. salty brown globules and cinnamon buns. We do not have the grease, but... But soon. Um, but we have booze, and uh, since it's a kid's book, Axe has never consumed alcohol in human form. But I'm wondering if so Andalites... Good make booze and if they're crushing the grapes with their hooves if they get <gasps> drunk while actually making the wine that's so cute <laughs> i feel like that's totally i would love to see that district first of all but also like i would just love to see the andalites that are like super scientific about their grapes and like how they grow them and where oh absolutely that would be amazing <laughs> they have like andalite sommeliers and shit <laughs> yes. And and a rule about, you know, you can't drink if you can't stand because they eat through their hooves. And also you can no longer crush grapes <laughs> if you get too drunk at work. <laughs> you could have a beer run, literally, where you put beer on the ground and see how far you can run oh before you're too God. drunk oh to run anymore. God. That is <laughs> phenomenal. Like drunk Olympics. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. This is like trying to explain to Andalites when they come here, like, no, at the Kentucky Derby, people run on the toilets, but on Andalite, Andalites run in the beer river. (laughs) Right? Right? This is amazing. Oh, Willy Wonka would be awesome for Andalites, because the grass is edible there, too. Oh my god, that would be so amazing. And they probably have the best grass in the same place they have the best grapes, if I had to guess. I don't know. I freaking love it. I think they need different soil. Like grapes and grass. Do they? Like less acidity or something? For I think grapes need more acidity, but I'm not hmm. sure. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll ask the next time I'm at a winery. I'm sure someone would love to talk about it. I'm sure they would. <laughs> someone, <laughs> somewhere. Uh, man. Well. Yeah, so that's our segue into the book about not Andalites. Yeah, not really. I mean, there's Andalites was... in it. Yes, it, yeah. is, it is from the perspective of an Andalite. A first female, too. Yeah, yeah, with a tiny, delicate tail blade. A little beautiful tail blade. (laughs) This reminds me of one time in college when Casey asked me what was the difference, or, like, why did um, workers have different sized fins? Like, why are the males so large and the females so small? And I told her they were childbearing fins. (laughs) (laughs) So That's not true in every species, though. I, I found it interesting that we chose to make, you know, um, a smaller Andalite female, like Sue, the, our, our lovely uh, Tyrannosaurus rex, yes. the females are larger than the males, mm-hmm. you know, so that's very true in lizards, and I don't think Andalites are descendant from lizards, but who knows? Like, they're an amalgamation of things. Yeah. Uh, 
lionesses are pretty, you know, strong and built more for endurance than the guys. Yeah. Who are just, like, bat each other on the nose and, like, okay, cool, bro. (laughs) 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 I'll get you next time. (laughs) Yeah. I look just really good this time. (laughs) Suck it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But it's also interesting because a lot of birds, um, specifically raptors, the females are the larger ones by at least a third of a size. Mm -hmm. So that is interesting. It's just an interesting choice. Not that a lot of the alien biology necessarily makes biological sense in yeah. biological sense. I can speak words. <laughs> We've already been drinking. <laughs> I'm doing this run sober, everybody. So we'll good see. Luck. I'm so sorry. Yeah, seriously, good luck. <laughs> why, why, if I may ask, did you choose to do this run sober? I literally just did not get a chance to run out and grab beer. <laughs> <laughs> you should have told us. I would have sent you some in the mail. Oh, can you do that? Is that like uh, a... If you don't tell them what's in it and pack <laughs> it really well, then yes. So like when they say, does this contain liquids, fragiles, or perishables? You just say no as you, you shake say... the thing and it sloshes around. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can say, yes, it contains liquids, but obviously it's not perishable and fragile as long as you pack it well enough. If they contain liquids, they don't want to send it air. So mm-hmm. definitely still tell them it contains liquids because oh. water expands when it freezes. And when pressure is lowered, like in an air hold, and it, explodes. <laughs> it expands and then it explodes in the cargo hold. And it might damage other people's property too. And yeah, everybody gets really about upset about it. This is your science lesson for today. <laughs> on Yay! On <laughs> <Boils> laws. <laughs> yeah. I also, like... I don't know. I would tell them it's liquid. I would not tell them it's alcohol because I think that has something to do with taxes is why you don't want to tell them that. And also distribution of it. Mm-hmm. I, so I think I, it matters more for imports versus exports because I can true. get a crate of wine in the mail, but it has to be a domestic distributor, not yeah. a export. That was import. super important for um, Hawaii, too, because I asked about that when I was trying to get the uh, Maui beer before they started selling it like locally. And uh, they were like, we just can't ship it to you like they're like we can ship it we can ship it to other states we can't ship it to you this feels like discrimination but okay we can ship it to literally everyone else except you because we just don't like you yeah exactly (laughs) if anyone else called and asked us we would send it to them it's just you specifically that we're not going to send it to (laughs) that's kind of a dick move on their part (laughs) oh god yeah, special. So, All right, well, Joy, tell us how you got into Animorphs, and we'll start there. Um, I went to a book fair. Uh, I picked up the first book of Animorphs because the yes. cover looked cool, and there was a little flip animation at the bottom, which if you don't have a copy of the physical book, I noticed this oh, on my dude. reread. They do have a morph transformation at the bottom yes. of the pages, Goodness so this, this is a flip book. Um, and then I pretty much read them in order as they came out. Wow. Wow. That's unusual, <laughs> I think, for most people. Yeah. Like, 
I think when my mom found out that like I was reading, you know, oh. she was like, "I'll get you the next one, and I'll get you the next one." <laughs> so. And did your mom know what was in it, or did she? she I just don't like... think my mom has ever read the book, but she's gonna listen to this podcast. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Joy's mom. <laughs> Hi, Joy's mom. <laughs> Welcome. We're sorry for all the swearing. Oh, <laughs> this no. does I mean, have I, a rating. I think she'll live. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I think okay, she'll good. be okay. Because <laughs> we end up swearing a lot usually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really unusual, though. Like, I don't know anybody else that really, maybe Stephanie, but not many other people, like, read the books all in order. And even, like, when we ask questions, like, on Facebook and stuff, people are like, oh, I like Tobias, so I read Tobias's books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Except for the Chronicles. I think I read the Chronicles out of order because I was just going, like, one, two, three, four, five. So it Mm -hmm. took me a while to realize that the Chronicles, like, actually weren't, like, dbz movies that don't exist in the common <laughs> timeline these actually happened in between nice. like specific books and yeah. they <laughs> obey and the they laws of time <laughs> which is very unusual for a series right? <laughs> you know so i i read like the three chronicles okay by themselves out of order <laughs> with the rest of the books <laughs> it's fine that's fine and i, I mean, mean those are out of like well like the some of them flip-flop back and forth in time. But this happens before yeah. the series. So, like, this wasn't so bad. Like, this is, right. like, uh, just, like, background information, which is really cool. And I had forgot until we got to the hork Bajar book, the one where they were freed from the Yerks, that yes. we actually, like, met the hork Bajar as a people before this book. Yeah. Um, Which, like, was really cool to, like, they're not just, like, hulking, monstrous, right? like, people. Like, they actually have... A culture and we can like discover it outside of the yurks they're not just their shock troops so i really it's appreciate that she wrote this good. background like and yeah. knowing it then every time they fight the hork bajar they're not like um like the foot in like teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> you know they're not like they're right. not a disposable enemy anymore right. they're like a people like you like mm-hmm. you killed someone not just a yurk but like someone like someone a yerk is wearing i was gonna say it's especially hard because the hork bajir are so like inherently gentle and Mm non-violent like it's that just makes it so much worse for me so much worse like you don't feel sorry for the taxons like yeah you're 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 a crazy like cannibalistic monster and i don't know if i want to eat dinner with you (laughs) (laughs) but like i will offer a hork bajar the tree in my backyard like yes it's not very tall i'm sorry yeah and it's (laughs) like like, i was gonna say the same thing as casey and it's brought home every time they interact with them because like even when they come over they're like would you like some bark to eat can i offer you anything (laughs) that i have please like it's just they're so great they're so great because they haven't been changed like as much as one would think like you mm-hmm. know we talk about the the trauma that uh jake and cassie and marcos and tobias and axe go through in the books because they are fighting a war and then we have these hork bajar that were taken and indentured servitude and like full-on like mind fuckery and <laughs> they're still them like yeah. which is rem- a rem- remarkable recovery mm-hmm. actually when you think about it like that do you think it was because they were so simple, or do you think it's their <clears throat> the way they are as a people? I think it has something to do with them being simple, but even, like, 
let, let's say they have like a childlike intel- intelligence that's referenced mm-hmm. like several times in here like um idiot is actually a term in psychology to denote the uh intelligence of a three-year-old human child um so i would like, call them idiots, <laughs> yes <laughs> like i don't mean it as an insult but like um you know for a bar of reference you know uh children can be traumatized you know mm-hmm. we deal with that and they might only resolve it like when they're older and can comprehend it yeah but um so i think part of it has to be their culture otherwise you know like their current level intelligence would still have ramifications of the trauma that they have suffered through or at least more than i see in this pretty little enclave in the very shakespearean outer story (laughs) yeah that i mean that makes sense i would i would agree with that Uh, and thoughts on this book (laughs) yeah well i can i can start reading through the story um hang on okay can we talk about the cover first oh yeah let's talk about the cover and do you have um in your digital files do you also have the inside image as well from Uh, the step back page if we're using terminology we learned in analyte chronicles no i don't i don't think i have that Oh, let me send it to you because there's a very um, weirdly sexual ass. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Oh, I, yeah, I, I saw it, it and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I just sent you the step back image, but talk about the cover while that's loading. Okay. Um, well, okay. So first of all. Not really what I pictured a Horkbajir looking like personally, but why the fuck does he have a 10-pack on his neck? <laughs> why, why, are, why is his neck completely shredded abs? Put that under something that I never expected or noticed to answer to. <laughs> I didn't expect it's, it either. I'm very, very upset. See, like, okay, in this... I mean, maybe he can just hang his entire body from the tree by his neck. Oh my god, he just does, like, pull-ups with his neck. Yeah, just, like, bite down on the tree, and then move all of your body, and then re-grab with your claws on all of the, the sides, and then you're fine. God, that's, I wish I could do that so badly. That's all I got. It would, it would help with dancing so much. Okay, and I'm, now I'm looking... Their shoulder of. rolls are boss. I'm, look, I'm looking at the interior image now, and it's not quite as bad. It, like, it makes a little more sense. They're more. It's more like a dragon oh, sort actually, of neck. But I'm getting, oh, yeah. you're oh, right, I'm getting a very, like, Boris Vallejo kind of vibe from this. <laughs> yeah, the centaur lady with the sexual ass. Except yeah. there's no boobs in this one. You could see, like, her say, butt dimples. Yeah, she's got very pronounced butt dimples. That implies that she's not a mammal if she doesn't have boobs. Oh. oh. Andalites are not, although... I don't really know how to, like, they're Yeah, I don't know what to, like, but like I said, you know, the biology of this book, like, (laughs) the xenobiology of this book. (laughs) Is interesting. But, but, like, only mammals have breasts. Hmm. It's a thing. Hmm. Stuff you don't think about until we talk about alien species. Exactly. And I think this is the first time, too, that we've seen, like, the fluffy end of the tail, mm-hmm. too, on the Andalite. Uh-huh. I was going to say, actually, the hork like, the end of the tail. Like, there's a similar, like, secondary one that oh, looks yeah. a lot like hers. Maybe hmm. hers is sharper. Yes. And I thought their tails were supposed to be, like, stumps that they could... <coughs> I don't know. Maybe it's... Yeah. They just fold it like it is in the image and rest on it, but I don't know. 
Oh my god, he's got like a man torso. It's really upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like a no. He, it's like a man torso, but then his abs are where his pecs should be. Oh my god. And then he's got like a gut area in the middle, mm. and then the. I wonder how they're even built to like digest bark. Like, it would have to be, like, vultures, right? Like, super high acidity to break it down. Maybe. I mean, like, deer eat bark in yeah, the winter. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else eats bark. Something else has to eat bark in, like, Asia because we discovered cinnamon trees and somebody went, like, that's a great idea to just lick this tree right here. Like, that's... They did it. <laughs> I want to do it, too. And, like, even uh, horses will eat bark in the winter if they yeah. have nothing else to eat. Yeah. <laughs> So. I'm definitely getting, like, a carnivore vibe from this rendition of a hork Yeah. Also, can Andalites turn their heads? N- not according to the books, but here we are. Okay. <laughs> Let me just tear <laughs> apart this beautiful illustration. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the illustration is relatively good. I wonder if it was done by the same guy that did the main series. Oh. It's... Uh, David Mattingly, I think his name is. Oh. I want to say, but um, yeah, I don't know. I like that hand. The hand. It's are... a beautiful hand. Yeah. Very good resting position that he illustrated those. <laughs> so many fingers. I'm sure the so perspective makes sense. Anyway. I mean, <laughs> the perspective. What are this, What are we doing? This is fine. This is fine. This is all fine. Oh, I never noticed that there's little, like, hork lizards climbing the trees in the background. Oh, yeah. I didn't? I didn't. I just, like, glossed over that to look at her <laughs> butt, honestly. That is... I, like, don't... That is a very sexy andalite, which is upsetting. It is a very... <laughs> I like that you can see the blue mist on the bottom, actually. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very good callback to the book. That's a nice bit of detail down there. Yeah. I guess you kind of get that you're in a valley because you can see one of the walls, but, like, I'm never... This is more like Grand Canyon meets, like, Great Redwood Forest. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. If the Redwood grew down the side of a Grand Canyon. Right. Which is a very... But, like, the way that they describe it is the trees were still level at the top, so it's, like, a very strange look. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But a good illustration. Probably one of the better ones, I would say. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it is fine uh, uh, I wonder just, why they have Andalites have such large ears When they don't communicate by sound I If I had to take a stab at it I'd say because they're the prey species So they still have to be attuned to The mm-hmm. environment to know when to run mm-hmm. But that's my only guess Because they're pretty They use them to communicate like horses I don't know Do they swivel? They never talk about, like, the Andalites, like, flicking an ear at you, though. I think that would be, like... <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Axe flicked his ears. He was angry. I don't know if they swivel. I don't, they don't look like they can swivel. Yeah. They look, the they're like saw. elf ears. The, um, the ears. Oh, the ears. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, they're like elf ears, but non-swiveled. <laughs> so I'm looking at the cover again, and, like, Aldrea's expression, she's got, like, the cocked eyebrow. She just looks so freaking coy. <laughs> She's like, yeah, what of it? I'm dating a hork <laughs> whatever. I like that her eye stock eyes are angry, too. <laughs> like, it's just good. It is, actually, it's interesting that all four eyes are focused forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that doesn't happen often, although it right? does happen in this book. 
It does happen so, a few yeah. times. I think they do it for emphasis, but, you know, more often they're, they're talked about the eye stalks are looking behind them simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. That's crazy. I'm I think glad you wanted in... to talk about the cover. We <laughs> go deep into the cover. I think it's even talked about sometimes, like, Andalites in the military, it's, like, considered reckless to, like, point all of their eyes in the same direction at once. I think that was mentioned in... The and uh, yeah, and like chronicles maybe. That's how you know they're serious. It seems like a power move to like look at something with all four eyes. <laughs> you know, it kind of is. <laughs> like here, it's like standing with one leg up on the yeah. desk, like staring at somebody. On Andalite, it's all four eyes. <laughs> I wonder if it's even like uh, I don't consider you a threat. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. You know. Oh, that's excellent. Like, I don't even care enough to look all around because yeah. you're so weak. I don't give a shit. I like that. I like that a lot. Or I'm so freaking badass that if somebody sneaks up behind me, I'm just going to point a gun at them without even looking at them. Right. Like, serenity right. style. I, I wonder I wonder if this is actually, like, a very male expression for her because she is not very, uh, like, accepting of the female roles in her society. Mm -hmm. Like, she definitely has a science brain, but, I mean, so does Axe and the rest of the warriors, for sure. And she might just get that from her mother, who's very into the research. But a lot of her mannerisms are present masculine in Andalite society. So I wonder if, like, all eyes on you is a very, like, masculine power move look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they could be like, that's not a demure female kind exactly. of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's excellent. I like that idea a lot. Mm. I just wish they had drawn um, Dak from not the straight front view. Yeah. I have, like, no fucking idea how his head works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and since you didn't get the, the, uh, the step back either, it's... It makes a big difference when you can see the side view uh-huh. as to what they're trying to do with the foreshortening, which is not great. Yeah. I wonder if, like, all of those muscles on his neck are for extra side-looking. Because, like, when you're on a tree, you need to, like, bend your neck way more left or right or up to see mm-hmm. where you're going mm-hmm. rather than very forward like us on the ground. Yeah, that's true. Because if you look at the, the guys climbing on the tree, all of their profiles are to the side. Yeah. Interesting. He also doesn't seem to have any leg blades, which they specifically do, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, they do say that. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I Before this, I always pictured them looking kind of like uh, Kabutops from Pokemon. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Definitely so Pokemon. So then I see this and like, ugh. I, I definitely know. didn't picture them as like green. I don't know why. They, I think they always say like brownish. I don't think right? they ever say green. Right? Yeah. So I think I, I actually imagined like a hook horror from D&D. I will, I'll pull one of those up for you. I need to know. <laughs> I definitely need to know. <laughs> Uh, well, that's all my gripes about the cover. That's <laughs> those are all the problems I have with the cover. <laughs> Just real quick, I feel like a jerk. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I no, I'm just amazed that you came up with with so many problems and you didn't even get the second page with the sexy ass handle. <laughs> Oh she's, yeah, she's okay. like a freaking teenage andalite. That she should not be that sexualized. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, uh, she did start noticing a hork bazaar at this age, so yeah, mm. yeah. And I like how she was so scientific about it too. She was like, "Well, it's only natural because there are no other andalite males around, and I'm of the age where I would right? be." So know. much, so much rationalization. Yeah, exactly. Hey. She's like, logically, this makes sense. Oh, man. All right. Well, do you have any more gripes, or should we <laughs> do I'm, we start reading? I'm good. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a picture of the hook order, Casey. So yes, you, know you should look I'm at it. About. <sighs> ah! Sorry. I blew the audio. My bad. You broke it. I'll cut that out. Oh, what's this? I broke the audio. Look at this cockroach-looking... But that's a hook horror from D&D. That's, like, what I had in my head when they described the hork bizarre being, like, covered in blades and mm-hmm. coming at you. Yeah, that's probably closer to what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, the image won't load. Well. <laughs> thanks, man. It'll get there eventually. It'll get there eventually. <laughs> and they do have very bird-like feet, too, which is, like, yeah. another another plus. I will. All right. You will what? I was going to say, maybe uh, I will draw my version of a hork pajir after Ooh. this. Perfect. Oh, wait, my, I can't. My hand's broken. Anyway. <laughs> the book. You know, <laughs> use your other hand. Okay. Right? That's what I tell people just... in advance. <laughs> <laughs> that is. I never follow that advice. <laughs> uh, well, I can use both sides. So. Yes, I'm very good at one side. And by very good, I mean bad. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get into this book. Do it. Um, and I'll just start up front by saying less notes than usual. I was very consolidated. So okay. I don't know if that was me trying to go through this faster or I just had less to say because it was a lot of um, dialogue and kind of introspective thoughts heavy. So anyways... This story starts with Tobias flying into the Horkbizer Valley. He was feeling a little down, so he flew there to cheer himself up and see the freed Horkbizer. When he arrives, he sees the child of Jara and Ket running through the trees. He flaps over to where the adults are stripping bark. Once they are done with stripping the bark for the day, which he describes as like some weird, like, the whistle blows and every all the Horkbizer head home. Like, it was a very weird description, but like, alright. I, I thought it was weird that we didn't get a description of anyone, including Tobias. Yes. Like, yeah. like, we don't get, like, any of the background recap of who the Animorphs are. We don't even get a yeah. quick background recap of who the Horkbizar are, really. Yeah. Until we, like, are eating bark with them. That is very true. And, like, I, this has got to be the first book where they don't mention the construction site incident. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, just going, like, this would be a terrible first book to start reading because there's yes. zero, like, context. Like, you have to have, know what's yeah. going on. Which to is get into this book. not at all how any other book in the series exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's, that's why I wanted to mention it. I thought it yeah. was odd because, like, for two reasons. For, for one, it starts with a story outside of the story. Mm-hmm. And for two, there's no recap and no description of, like, who Tobias is, why he's a bird. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, anything like that. You have to know who everybody is and hit the ground running. Yeah. And even for people that have been reading it we didn't really know anything about toby coming into this so they're like 
you saw the child, and you saw the child running, and you're like, wait a minute, when the fuck was this child born? They were just pregnant, like, ten minutes ago. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, that's very interesting, and very weird for this series. Mm-hmm. Although, if you just pulled this book and read it, it stands alone as its own book, other than the intro and the epilogue. Yes, yes. So, like, um, reading this book alone, besides the title, I wouldn't connect it to the greater series. That was yeah. what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. It's very different, but I liked it. It was very Applegate, I think. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the day ends, they're stripping bark, and once they're done, they offer for Tobias to join them around the fire, which I didn't know they did, but okay, they do fires now, and he accepts it. <laughs> I, I want to make a 90s reference here. I'm ready. It's very Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, the Midnight <laughs> yes. Society. And Casey, if you're making a drawing when your hand is better, uh, yes. they describe Toby as a stegosaurus squirrel, and I think you should start with that drawing prompt. Oh. Actually, I think you could strip out all the other details you know about the species and just draw me a stegosaurus squirrel. Yes. A stegosaurus squirrel? <laughs> okay. Please do that. I'm on yes. it. <laughs> That's what I really want to see at the end of the day. <laughs> the uh. cutest hybrid. It would be adorable. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Yes. All right, I'll stop interrupting now. No, you interrupt away the whole time. This is... Um, so... Oops, sorry, Casey. No, go ahead. Okay, so Jara says... Jara Hami, Jeremy, says they're going to tell a story. And Tobias is a little apprehensive because he's like, these guys all talk like four-year-olds, so it's going to be like, and then my mom did this! <laughs> oh, no. But... <laughs> I, was, I was picturing, like, like when the Ents... Start having their little ent conference, the ent moot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it takes them like we 12 hours. We're just first. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, w- yes. I would like to, to say, like, Tobias turned down options about Father Deep and Mother Sky and also Joba Joba. Like, there are other stories that we there could have heard here. So many stories. Um, also, they have a very, like, Carl's uh, Jung racial memory thing going on. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, was... Which is, like, an inherited, like, like almost genetically, and I... Spoilers. I wonder if that was planned. <laughs> like, I have no idea. You know, uh, so I, I thought that was, like, racially interesting, that they basically have that kind of memory, and I wonder if that helps them with the trauma, too, like, cultural, racial, oh, back and yeah. forth. Like, I remember where we came from, and I yeah. remember what I don't want us to be, um... Because this is a couple gen, we find out that later, but this is a couple gen after being taken by the Yerks, probably with selective breeding programs, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a chance without this racial memory, they wouldn't remember their culture at all. And that Mm. would just be horrifying. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's also, like, that's got to help with trauma, too, because they can look back and they can understand, like, why they're fighting from, like, a very basic kind of perspective based on what they say their intelligence level is. Right. But they can also look further back and do that kind of um, escapism thing that a lot of the Animorphs do and say, like, but we remember this great time and we can pull on this great time. Mm -hmm. Rounding anchors. They have anchors. Exactly. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. Yeah, because if if this whole generation, besides Toby, Mm -hmm. had been taken over by the Yurks, how do they know these stories without that? Jungian inheritance yeah. because it's not like the Yerks are going to sit around a campfire and be like, I'm going to hum this ancient <laughs> story about Jumbo Jumbo. No, I wish they did though. <laughs> <laughs> a 
was talking that about would Java make them, Java. <laughs> that would make them better as a people. It would. <laughs> like, it would. And they're very unsympathetic parasites at this time. Although we do get our first perspective from the year. We book? do. Yes. First Andalite, or no, second Andalite, first second, female. Yeah, first female. First Yerk. First Yerk. And uh, there's so much going on there that I want to talk about. Yes, so. sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> do not be sorry. <laughs> this is, I, I love this so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I this came is. with thoughts. I, good. Because I have thoughts too, but then when I read, I forget them all. I'm just reading the book again. But yeah, no, I like this a lot. And the other implication here, though, is that, um, Technically, Jaro was born free. He must have been captured at some point. Oh, that's true. That's so, true. he has a weird advantage. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if he's bringing culture to some of the hork that they've freed at this point that they have never known. Hmm. We don't we don't get that perspective, we you're don't. right. Because they don't stop back at the valley too often. Mm-mm. Like, maybe off screen they do. Especially, like, Tobias, like, for these grounding moments. Right. Maybe he went back and got to hear about Jubba Jubba. <laughs> <laughs> he came back the next night. He's like, so tell me about Jubba Jubba. <laughs> that was what I took away last or, night. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, th- I think, like, Tobias is going there, like, with a feeling of melancholy. Maybe yeah. because David. Um, <laughs> Definitely because David. <laughs> you know? but, like, if... If we, like, I think it would be really cute if the Animorphs are just like, we had a really terrible battle, we're gonna go play Are You Afraid of the Dark with Orc Bajar now. <laughs> Maybe we can convince one of them to eat a marshmallow this time, even though it is not bark. And then watch them panic as it sticks their jaws together, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, ah! Yes. <laughs> this is my headcanon. Remember this when there's, this. like, a very traumatic moment in the future. Like, we're just gonna go see the Hork Bajar now. I will, because there's a lot of traumatic moments <laughs> coming up, I know, so... and, like, you, you, need, you need those grounding I things. Need, yeah. So, like, if Tobias is going here because he feels bad now, I like to believe that they'll go here because they feel bad later. Yeah. I, I would assume so i mean that makes total sense wasn't there also like a reference to the i'm gonna say his name wrong the elemist there was not in this book actually no which was we don't very even know why the, no i thought it was because like unless you know where to look for the valley your eye oh, just slides right true. off it and yeah. that goes back to my like unless you've been reading you right you have no idea who the elements and <laughs> you're like why is this valley what what do you mean this valley <laughs> that's true it, it's not in the like the main storyline but in the intro they do have that reference to like the elements set up this valley so no one could find it and they're like wait a minute who the fuck is the element right. <laughs> like, right. is this a magic potion yeah is he a mage is it technology uh, i don't even, we don't know either we don't no. And to be you fair, like, the first time this Mahana. happened, they just popped up out of the forest floor. Like, it was some sort of Ta-da. sewer. I'm like, hello! And it's like, what the fuck? I'm an NPC. Would you like to bust? That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> hello, I am an NPC. <laughs> uh, I think we actually, I think Casey and I have referred to multiple people in these books as NPCs mm-hmm. throughout this series. <laughs> you called Tobias an NPC in, like, the first episode. That was mean. Oh. Since we do get to play him eventually. I mean, they started <laughs> off like, you know. He's an unlockable character. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. that's a good analogy. He and Axe are the unlockables. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. you had to go on a whole side quest to get Axe. Yes. Like, they did not have to do that. Axe could have died. He, yeah, very easily. Yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> I love Axe. I love I the love boys. Axe. He's my son. <laughs> I'm adopting that's him. That's Casey. <laughs> 
Casey said something to me last night. Like, I said something like, okay, like, don't spoil it for me, but tell me whether or not you like this book. And she was like, there was no accent. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. That is a true statement. I get it. <laughs> I get it. That, that's probably why we have all of the axe themed foods. Yeah, we're trying to make up for it. We literally the worst day to do the axe themed foods. And we're like, bust them out, guys. <laughs> we got cinnamon buns. We got brown globules. Oh, man. Thank you. Welcome. I now have a cinnamon bun. So when I talk and it sounds <laughs> terrible, that is me. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not helping. No, it's it's excellent. Okay, I'm going to keep going through. Do it. Because we have so much to talk about. We have thoughts. We have so many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jeremy, Jaroff, says they're going to tell a story. And while Tobias is a little apprehensive, at first, at first he is soon listening intensely. Um, so, this is when he starts talking. And at first, it's like that stilted half Horkbjerg, half English language that they know. And... Um, I would assume probably part Gallard as well, or however you pronounce that. Mm -hmm. But um, as he goes, it kind of turns into a movie kind of playing out in their heads, is I think what it's described as. Like, once you get into the story, then you're just picturing everything that's happening. So, cut screen, fade to other scene, imagine this whole movie thing happening. Um, so, in the very first chapter, we find out exactly what Ciro's kindness is, and we got part of this in the Andalite Chronicles where they explained generally what it was, but it's really driven home here because it starts with Aldrea eavesdropping on the conversation between Aloran and her father, who is Ciro, and Aloran is reporting the first betrayal of the Yerks, where in their dead bodies they attacked and overwhelmed the Andalite guards on the planet, and they just butchered them is how they describe it. Like, it was the Andalites were ordered not to fire on the Geds at all because they were theoretically allies, and the Council of Thirteen was allegedly Ciro's. They were all friends and allies and hoping for a better future. And so these Geds stumbled up, um, and one leg is longer than the other, so they literally, like, stumbled up, and one of them was hiding a Draken beam, and he ended up firing on the Andalite guard who couldn't really fight back because they were hampered by their orders, and so the Geds just slaughtered all of his men. And so he's really mad at Ciro because not only has this happened and Ciro's to blame for it, but also because his men all just died. And so he's explaining to him, like, you're a fucking idiot, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the Geds stole the Andalite fighters. They escaped into space. And then partway through, somebody runs in and gives this report about how the ship landed on the other side of the Yurk homeworld for about an hour and then left. And what they were doing was picking up something like a quarter of a million yurks to go infest other species on the planet. Which is so, super scary numbers. I, I yeah. Think, I think this is an interesting setup for when we first meet Ciro, mm -hmm. especially when we hear about Ciro's kindness and all that. Yeah. And then we were just talking about how masculine Aldara was on the cover. And in this, like, Ciro is kind of her foil. Like, he wants to be friends. He doesn't want to fight. She's, like, very, you know, combative first mm -hmm. and, like, negotiate second. And he's very negotiate first. What do you mean they tried to attack us? Yeah. Like, we're friends. And he even refuses to believe it as they tell him. He's like, not the Council of Thirteen doesn't know about this. Like, we're allies. And they're like, no, dude, they fucked us up. Right? <laughs> he's a yerk sympathizer. Like, like he's, he's obviously not a politician. 
No. Right. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even say he's necessarily, like, a negotiator. He is, like, mm-hmm. a capital S, like, scientist. Like, oh my god, we discovered these things, and they're totally sentient, and it's first contact, guys. Right. And he's, like, totally, like, nerding out over it, <laughs> and everybody else is just like, you're, like, crazy. Yeah, don't <laughs> hand them the secrets. Yeah, don't, like, right? you know. And yeah. then it's it's so sad to see that, like, all of his excitement and his work becomes... The, the fable, the lesson of the Andalite people, yeah. and, like, to hear that from this, like, perspective is just so... It's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. It's heavier here because we yeah. get it from this perspective. And then even later, and when I read it, it didn't feel to me like a mocking sort of phrase, but even when he just to skip ahead, um, they're describing the death scene when the, when the Yerks find them and destroy their, their scoop with three of the four Andalites. He's described when she's like, I can picture it clearly. I can picture what they're all doing. She's like, my dad dreaming his beautiful dreams or whatever. It's like, even then, like he hasn't given up on everything. Right. According to her anyways. I mean, in his own head, who knows, but he still seems like he's a scientist, and he still has this, like, vision of a beautiful future that they could have, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So. She, she seems more jaded than her father, which is odd. Yeah. Like, she, <laughs> like, there's still, like, the element of, like, youth, where she, like, doesn't understand what's going on, and she's eavesdropping on the, like, you right. know, everybody's conversation and stuff like that, but she's kind of on the side of a Lauren on this. Like, Dad, what are you thinking? Yeah. Like, which is really... An interesting juxtaposition. It is. Because we're getting it from her perspective. So, like, we're sympathetic to Ciro, but, like, we're almost, we want to be on Aloran's side. And this is, if you've read the books in order, after we know Aloran. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, so is there that push pull of we don't want to be on Aloran's side in this? Right. You know? Because, but, like, we know the <clears throat> twist of this book. If you read the the Andalite Chronicles, you're like, motherfucker, we know how this is going to end. Right? But You know, but <laughs> in, in this moment, he does sound very logical. Yeah. You know, angry, but justifiably angry. Mm-hmm. And even, this is another point I want to talk, I'm just skipping all over, apparently, but, um, Epsilon, 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 we know who that is very soon if you read any other book, but you wouldn't know it otherwise. But when he's talking in this book, I, I'm i sympathetic to him. Right? Right? Which is so weird. So, so weird to get that, like, in his chapters, certainly. Outside of his chapters. Oh, like, not, yeah, no. Like, the, the switch is very easily flipped there. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's interesting to empathize with a parasite. You know, because, yeah. like, they're not symbiotes. That's, that's, I think that's the big failing of the Yurk as a people. They could be symbiotes, but by nature, they're parasites. Yeah. And even, um, Ciro argues that, actually, in this first chapter, that, like, with the Geds, it's not even like they're taking over a species. Like, they're practically, you know, symbiotic relationship, but then it's like, no, dude, they're still not. They still have to take over the body. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of, he was almost justifying it to, like, us and to the Andalites. Like, they're not real parasites. The Geds aren't even a thing, really. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, the... Didn't sorry. they mention in an earlier book that the the actual symbiotic relationship between the Geds and the Yerks? Like... I don't 
I don't think so, because a symbiotic relationship implies that yeah. both species get a benefit, all right? And in this, only the yerk is getting the benefit. The yerk gets to experience the world with extra senses. The yerk gets to walk. The ged, what do they get by getting controlled? That's a parasitic relationship. If you, um, I only have one other comparison, and it's actually from Star Trek, the Trill, um, mm -hmm. which are um, symbiotes. And uh, Jadzia Dax is our, our main like character perspective mm -hmm. on that. The, her symbiote is really, really old. She is actually, like, I'm going to get the number wrong, but she's not the first host, all right? But all of the previous host's memories come to her, uh -huh. all of that worldly experience. Like, their entire society, they, like, compete to get a symbiote. It's something they not only choose but like they actually want it more than other people yeah because they say there's a scarcity there's not but that's a whole different like, that's that's a whole, whole other star story. trek plot <laughs> yeah but like there's there's a benefit to both sides like she knows how to speak klingon and like fight because the yeah. previous host was curzon the ambassador of the klingon empire mm -hmm. you know and she has all these friends who she as a host doesn't know but she has all of those memories and they can racially live on into the next host yeah. and like so there, there's a benefit and she gets health like there's a health benefit to like her accepting the host there's a health negative to losing like the symbiote from that but the right. yurks don't give you any of that um the actual like there's almost like a video game like deficit where the yurks have to go absorb Kanandran rays. Yeah. Like they're that's the only thing that doesn't make them the traditional parasite because traditionally a parasite gets all of the nutrients from the host. Right. And then eats it until it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then leaves and gets a new host. Um mm -hmm. so like that is very it's like a very video game, you know, flaw almost like yeah. like Superman, like, oh he's weak against Kryptonite, we're moving on. But. Yeah, and it's almost like, a, I mean, they had to give them the weakness because the Animorphs have the time limit weakness, so it's right. like, you have right. to... There's a check and balance to right. it, but I'm not quite sure why a parasite who needs a radiation absorbance to live mm -hmm. needs a host also. Like, again, xenobiology. Just right. moving on. I, I just, I, I thought I had heard in a previous book that the Geds did get some advantage to the Yerks infesting them but maybe i'm misremembering i mean if you find that like please tell me i like because yeah. then the ged are specifically yeah. like meant to receive the yurks because it's symbiotic but uh -huh. like to everyone else it it's a very parasitic relationship yeah. yeah that's i'm i feel like i'm vaguely remembering that but i feel like it was Again, something said in the Andalite Chronicles by by Visor Three. Like I don't know if it was something that oh. was told to us by like an independent source, and I also don't know if I'm misremembering that as well. So it's like a biased, like the Yerk saying like, "Oh, we did this for the Geds." I think so. Okay. If I'm remembering it correctly, yeah, I think they were saying something like, "We the Geds were no more than like stumbling like monkey type creatures, and we like elevated them." Oh, or something sure, like that. maybe that's yeah, what I'm but thinking we, of. We never get any ged perspective like not yeah. only do like the the geds rebel but like the yurks pretty much leave them behind we haven't heard about a ged host in any of the books except like this one historical you know, like, yeah since they've left the planet 
maybe the Yurks just left all of them on the planet, and the Geds have evolved now. We don't know what happened. <laughs> I mean, I saw they might. The only capacity I could see them in at this point is they're still using the Ged as the training wheels because it's like this host will not argue with you. When yeah. You or a demotion. Or a demotion or a punishment. Yeah. yeah. That could be. Especially when you later get the perspective from the Yerk, like how limited mm-hmm. the vision of the Ged is and the mobility. Yeah. And again, the Ged don't seem very well adapted either since one leg is longer than the other. What adaptation does that benefit? <laughs> like what's... We like. never know. Even even Aldrea is like, I don't fucking know. Like, right, right? like the Yurk have been controlling for you for how long, and they didn't practice selective breeding so you could walk better. Right? Hmm. No. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. Anyway, plot. I, sorry. Yes, I'll get back into it. Um, okay, so then we cut to two years later when Aldrea is a little older. Um, and her family gets reassigned to a planet out in the middle of nowhere. And it's a strange planet with it, its poles are entirely barren. And there's very little atmosphere at the top and bottom. It's very cold. It, they said something like an Andalite would die within half an hour of being there. But in the middle, there's this giant like green belt of trees and valleys and, and areas that they can live in. And they say that this happened because a giant asteroid hit it and, like, crushed it. And so it literally was, like, the middle burst out. And so all of this life happened from this middle ring that burst out. So that's a fascinating planet set up. Yeah. And I'm going to throw back for two seconds to the Ged Relian not taking any of the unconscious Andalites as hosts. Damn. They should have. Right? They fucked up. Right? Also, uh, I, I wrote down... Uh, Aldrea says, fool! <laughs> yes! Fool. <laughs> My fool. favorite part of the series. You fool! All right. Now we can get back to the Horkajar planet, which is, like, really fascinating to imagine, like, an entirely, like, barren rock, almost, with yeah. this, like, great valley uh, of, like, trees and ecosystem. It's almost like going to Mars and being like, hey, right there, guys. Life. Only in the middle. Life. <laughs> Top and bottom. Still Mars. Middle. Life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really interesting, just imagining how that planet right? looks right? is super it's interesting. Very, very cool, like, astro, like, setup there. Yeah. Astrophysics. Planetary. I liked it. I have no idea if this is scientifically even slightly sound, but <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> it is very cool. I don't, uh, I mean, we know later, you know, why this is. Yeah. But, like, from a naturally evolving perspective, I don't think it's very likely. Except, mm-hmm. like, um, if we think of a similar terrain on the bottom of the ocean, we have, like, volcanic um activity and that's where we get like all the worms near the heat and stuff like that so basically you have like this little valley pocket of life by the warmth and the rest of it is dark barren ocean that like doesn't have a lot of like traveling fish because of all the pressure and the unhospitable like conditions so like there is kind of precedence for it Mm -hmm. um you know especially if like again atmospheric conditions like there's atmosphere in the valley, but not outside the valley. Yeah. You know, and again, trees make that atmospheric condition possible as long right. as you have a, you know, Slight. dome for, like, actual atmosphere, like, what traps the air there versus, like, the rest of the planet doesn't have air. And even 
I mean, they could so easily artificially have that based on what we know about later in the book. Right, when we find right. out about the planet. Later so. we know about it, but yeah. right here, just like we're we're totally with Aldrea's mom. Like, oh, this is the best planet. <laughs> I want to go to there. Yes, this is not a punishment. This is yeah. She's the only one that's like she's yeah. the only one that's happy. <laughs> and everybody else is like, oh, they're clearly trying to. Fuck she with was us. probably miserable on the Ged planet with the Yerks. Yeah. Right? Oh my god, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Okay, I'll continue. Um, But yeah, very, very cool planet. Um, So then, uh, as they're being taken down by the pilot, we kind of get a cool glance at this, like, middle section with these monstrous trees that they pass, and, like, Aldrea keeps thinking, like, oh, we're getting to the bottom, but then it's just, like, a perspective shift because the trees are so huge that she's like, oh, just kidding, we're still not even close. (laughs) Um, it's, it's just a cool overview description. Um, her brother is disappointed because he's going to be away from all his friends. Uh, Ciro is just depressed. Um, but, you know, he's also being punished, so I guess it's working. Uh, but they land finally on some flat area, which is very uncommon in this whole land. It's mostly on this giant steep hill. But, uh, they do find a flat area. They land, they start unpacking all of their equipment. (laughs) And then we find out through a weird conversation that Ciro and his family were sent here basically to guard this planet against the Yerks. And the catch of this is that no one even thinks the Yerks would be slightly interested in this planet because they are just like, this species is stupid and worthless dun, dun, dun. and no one would come here. Right. right. Famous last words. <laughs> I, I just loved how this entire section read like like when you start watching a movie and it opens with like the kid in the car and they're moving to a new town because their dad got a new job. And I was just like, Oh my God, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure my bottom of my mouth. <laughs> Damn it. Casey, keep talking. Keep talking. Yeah. Um, one of my notes is like, uh, Aldrea was talking a little bit about like Andalite society and how like females are treated differently than the males and I was like oh I see the Andalites also suffer from sexism right yeah right no kidding it's it's almost like uh caste based too because um like the the females are expected to go into science because they're Mm. like more intelligent than the men, almost, which, you know, because Axe doesn't pay attention in class. (laughs) (laughs) There was a female in the game on later that day. I mean, mean, like, we'll we'll just look at the picture. Like, Axe was obviously distracted by the female. Yeah. I mean, hey, she walks in with that butt. (laughs) Bad. Bad son. There's also, like, so much insult in Ciro's kindness being like made the law like it is now like almost against the law to be kind and how does that dictate all of their first contact scenarios or like this this harkens back to how axe treated the animorphs when we first Uh met him yeah like he's a part of the team now and he's so integrated now but like this puts a whole different flavor on him not wanting to tell them things Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and before we got it from their perspective you know like we're welcoming you in we're being kind you know well zero was kind too (laughs) yeah Yeah. and there's so much like negative connotation with that now that like it it gives me a lot more sympathy for axes you know and stranded on an alien planet and they're being nice but yeah um, and it was really hard in that first 
bit. Um, I mean, partially just because of the way it was written. Whereas now, like once we're getting to the David arc, they're they're a pretty cohesive team. But before that, one of the biggest struggles was Axe joining this team mm-hmm. and like how nobody would accept him and like how he just kept hiding things from them, even stuff that's like. You know, the big joke was how do Andalites eat? Mm-hmm. And it's like, he didn't want to give them even that because it's like, well, then they'll know, like, one thing about Andalites and I don't know if they can, you know, that's not what my people will want kind mm-hmm. of a thing. So, yeah, that's, it definitely adds the narrative to why Axe acted the way he did. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I wonder if this, like, if Applegate, like, started here, like, what is the worst case scenario of breaking the prime directive basically (laughs) you know like breaking the first contact prime directive like interfering with the pre like spacefaring species like there's no like everything always ends up okay in star trek like when they they break the prime directive and they're like yeah it's fine we fixed it but here like everything that could go wrong did go wrong Mm -hmm. and we had a very reactive law about that to prevent such things from happening in the future because of this very important example. <laughs> yeah. And this just, Only like, to be ignored by Elfangor. Well, right. <laughs> like, Elfangor was like, like... Fuck it. He's like the Picard of the series, where he's like, I know what's right, and I'm gonna do what's right, <laughs> even if it flies in the face of every law we have. Like, well, Picard followed the Prime Directive. It was Kirk. It was Kirk and Janeway. We were just like... Oh, Janeway didn't yeah, even... Janeway, Janeway didn't even care. read the fucking manual before she no. got the starship. I think she did, just so she had a checklist of things to do. Like, I'm gonna she... break that one on Tuesday, and then I'm gonna have coffee, and that yeah. one... <laughs> and then I have to have my fish sons home, but then I'll break another rule after. Right, right everywhere. And in this, uh, it's just like, this is such a poignant, you know, this is why. Yeah. This is why. You know, it can never be any other way but the worst case scenario in right. Andalite society. Um, and then by the end of the book, they're like, but also don't trust Andalite society because they're also fuck asses. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? Like for all of your honor and you know, you don't stick by your own people either. Mm-hmm. And it's like very, let's go back to them not being mammals in a herd. Right. <laughs> like there's no, like uh, we have honor so we know how to act in like society because we don't normally do this stuff. Yeah, no, they, they don't. They know nothing. I'll just, I'll just start going through stuff again. Um, so we switch the perspective uh, so we are now Doc Hami, which I don't know if I'm saying that right. I don't know if it's Dak or Doc or what. Are we already in, oh, chapter three? Yeah. Three or four, yeah. Yeah, let me, three. Let me see if I have any notes on chapter two. Because we, we talked about Ciro's unkindness. Yes. Because, uh, like, that was a great, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> classroom nickname for... <laughs> oh, my God. That's literally, like, just saying, like, you're a mistake child. Right? <laughs> right? No wonder she's just like, fight me! Yeah. Like... His brother's like, oh, no, I had to leave all my friends. She's like, goodbye, fuckers! <laughs> right? Right? Like, he didn't get any of the hazing she did, and yeah. I don't understand. Like, because he's a male. Maybe there should be, like, some, like, brotherly, sisterly camaraderie. <laughs> here but i don't feel the relationship very much he's just like i'm gonna play video games yeah and like even when like so in this next chapter doc Hami comes up and they're like 
oh, he's a child. You children, you should talk to him because you can relate. And his, her brother's like, I'm not talking to that guy. Right? And also, like, this is coming right off of Ciro's kindness. Like, totally talk yeah. to this alien species for first contact. What could go wrong? Ciro still doesn't believe that the Yerks <laughs> betrayed right? him. But, like, like I said before, I think Ciro's totally a fool for Aldrea. And, like, so, yeah. like, her being so willing. I mean, she's very lonely now. Yeah. You know, she was probably lonely before, but at least they were her own people. Right. And then, like I said also before, she has her mother's, like, scientific brain, even yeah. if she's very, like, fight first, ask questions later right. kind of a mentality. But, um, like, it's interesting that after all of that bullying and stuff, she doesn't think twice about, you know, this guy covered in blades. Yeah. This one. <laughs> That's my, my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> she made a very conscious choice. <laughs> I'm not making friends with worms, just yeah. blade monsters. Just blade monsters. They seem pretty cool. I don't know. I'm just gonna go for it's it. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> and I like that her mom and dad were like, oh, they're children. Children, you go Relate. Talk about teen things, I guess. Right? Hello there, fellow kids. It's not like this yeah. is your next door neighbor now. Also, her her brother's name is awful because every time I read it, all I read was barfing. Yeah, Bar- I, barfing. It's like <laughs> I can't read her brother's name correctly. I didn't even bother. So like, I think I wrote it down once, but it's like Barafin or something. No. Yeah, like but like he, I read it too fast. And it forever paraffin wax. He's bar- barfing. Yeah, and I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> we we don't really see him again. After no, this. until then, he's playing games and with I the think computer. That is that is like one failing of this. Like I think it would have been better to make her closer to her brother, like camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have hurt so uh, much more. Like both. Of, Exactly. Yeah. Uh, with both of them being picked on in school and, like, kind of, you know, like, we're stuck on this planet together, yeah. but, like, I'm still here for you. But, like, she would, uh, go wander off in the woods. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Like, we've shit. lost our entire society and your mom's having a good time. So, you, yeah, you can just wander around in this, like, <laughs> non-plane situation and pretend you're a mountain goat. It's fine. It's probably going to work. You know, yeah. Also, I mean, very lucky that she had morphing technology because it's brand new. Oh my god, that <laughs> was like <laughs> the most intense part for me. Was when she was like, "So my friend's mom did this, and I just stole it." And I was like, oh, "How could you?" What? <laughs> you know, so it's fine. Like none of her other family has this, but it's like they know what she can do, and it's fine. Like, like. I don't think any of them know what she can do. She hit it, right? Oh, maybe she did. I thought... Oh, yeah, she totally did. Because she... But, I mean... I don't know where it is. Like, her her parents didn't even wonder about her, like, wandering off on her own. No, have fun. Yeah, like, just a a lack of parental concern, (laughs) a lack of brotherly concern. It's like... Now this is why they have Andalite helicopter parents. <laughs> but, like, even when Drew it's was just... on for Megamorphs, like, we were all saying, like, man, these parents do not care about these kids and where they go. Right? 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 It's, it's very, like, this is why Disney makes orphans, so we don't have to deal with this, <laughs> like, nuanced relationship here. Right. You know, so but no I, I do cares. think the scene later would have hit harder if, you know, the name wasn't barfing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> barfing plays with computers and he like 
The other thing is, is, like, the impression we get of him after he gets there is a sulking child who wants nothing to do with this, so he just plays on his computer all day. Aww. It's like, yeah, you know, he's an asshole. We don't really like him. I right? felt bad you for know, him. You know, so I think, I, I, I felt, like, I felt kind, kind of bad for him, but again, I wish almost that they had, like, a Jake... Uh, Jake and Jake and Jake's brothers, Jake and Tom's yeah. relationship. Yeah. Like before Tom was a Yurk, you know, they played games together. They had right. like um, mutual interests, and maybe that's like a symptom of Andalite society, where it's very expected that the boys do these things, and it's very expected that the girls do yeah. these things. So they can't have that common ground as if they would if they were both sisters or both brothers. But we don't see that with her mother either because she's so combative. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it would have been cool if he had given her, you know, like, tail fighting lessons on the sly or whatever. Like, right. I need to practice this shit. I need a sparring partner. And you're the only yeah. one. And you're right. the only one because dad's useless, you know? <laughs> like, and in that vein, it would have been really cool if she had gone back to him and said, here's what I'm finding out about Horkajur society. Yeah, so. you know, like, just just something. Like, I really like her story of self-discovery and, mm-hmm. like, uh, like finding out more about the Horkajur than her mom does, who's, like, super interested in the trees. Yeah. But the Horkajur could tell you about those. If anything, the Horkajur right? could talk about trees. <laughs> hey, I have an expert <laughs> right here. And, like, her parents, too, are, like, what, as soon as we find out that Doc is intelligent her parents are still like no they're all idiots yeah just sweep it under the rug like they don't listen to her at all so like they don't care about what she does they don't like they're completely dismissive so like Mm -hmm. i would have liked a stronger family dynamic like Mm -hmm. i know this book is supposed to be about the hork bajar so that's probably why it was framed on her like self-discovery like exploration with dak but i would have liked a little aside with an actual andalite family because we have it all here um, and we don't really get too much interaction there. Yeah. Even, like, on, like, dinners, you know, like, what did you do with your day? Well, I can't tell them about, you know, like... <laughs> can't tell them about anything. I mean, know, nothing. So, I mean, like, the one advantage it did have, though, was it kind of gave us, like, the first indication that Andalites are kind of racist dicks, you know? Truth, truth. Yeah. We get that perspective. And it does make everything that happened between Elfangor and Axe that much more brutal because it's like, was Elfangor just defying his society's norms again to be yeah. close to his brother? That's true. That what so. if you're not supposed to be close to siblings? That is sad to think about, but it, it's a really mm-hmm. weird juxtapo- juxtaposition in my mind, like, because we get, like, to meet Elfangor and we think the Andalites are all these cool people and they spend all that time, like, oh, the Andalites are going to save us and then they're just like, nope, sorry, <laughs> you're on your own. And then you kind of get a mirror of that in here, actually, except it's her own people this time. Right. And she's like, oh, no, still asshole. Yeah. And, (laughs) like, that doesn't paint the Andalites in a very good light, which is interesting because we have Mm -hmm. Axe is such a lovable character, but he's actually counterculture. Yeah. If you think Mm -hmm. about it. He is. He is. And she technically was, too, but still... For so for like ninety percent of this book, she is just Andalite through and yeah. through. Yeah, and then there's, there's definitely Andalite overtones to yeah. all of her actions and decisions. Right, and then at the last like the last movement of this book, she's like, I defy that culture because it's not correct. Yes. So, but I won't spoil it yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're jumping all around. I know we're, we are we're jumping just, everywhere, but like... it's. I'll, I'll take all of the blame. No. <laughs> I just keep, I have thoughts. 
No, that's it's totally good because this is such an interesting book that I think is yes. supposed to make us also very like that. small aside. Like, there's no grass. How do they eat? Oh, there's a small clearing. There's very just convenient. a very there's like there, a twenty we found by the twenty only grass in this valley, so that you could eat. Please only walk in straight lines, yes. so we can ration our. Food. Oh no! I mean, eventually <laughs> they would have to like till another area, right? plant more grass. Right? Like, how much do you? How much grass do you need to? because they're like a large okay xenobiology oh. i'm moving on i'm letting it go <laughs> yeah oh man yeah we'd have to get into that because there could be a lot of thoughts there but i will move along because okay so one real quick okay aside. so they're they're putting zero here as punishment but one one quick thing like what the fuck they let zero on a planet with more pre-space people and no other andalites <laughs> to supervise <laughs> I feel like they were just like, they're too stupid. Like, it's fine. They're too dumb to make space. Too. <laughs> we just did this. We just did this. Why? Your like, punishment is to go do it again <laughs> and do it better this time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just like, yeah, Andalite bureaucracy. It just makes bad decisions. Guys. That's true. It is a little bit like saying, like, you're a murderer, so we're yeah. going to put you in a room with a young woman and a knife, and you can't do it again. Don't do it again. Don't. Like, you have to prove you to us you're not. You have nothing else to do in this room. There's literally nothing, nothing else but to this. distract you from this knife. <laughs> but you can't do it again. Don't touch it. <laughs> and that's how you're going to prove to us that you didn't fuck up before. Oh God. <laughs> and there's yes. also no end date on that. Like, <laughs> right, you're just here forever. Like, it would have been better to send him to the home planet or, or something. Or you get to work in the wine district yeah. for the rest of your life. <laughs> Make him a geologist. Like, yeah. he can't fuck up rocks, right, guys? Right? Probably not. <laughs> he makes uh, golems. <laughs> oh, God. And then he has to... Sentient space golems. <laughs> oh, he was the one that made those asteroids that clung on to the uh, things in Andalite Chronicles. Yes. yes. <laughs> God damn it, Zero. Not again. <laughs> Your third major fuck up. Okay, okay, Dak. Dak is the main character. Right, right. Sorry. Dak is here. <laughs> Finally. Um, he is the first interaction they have with the, the Horfisher. Um, so Dak sees the Andalites. They have like a. A momentary interaction, but, like, it wasn't long enough even for the Andalite um, speech chips to be able to, like, translate this language. So he goes back, he gets one of his friends, he comes back to the Andalites, and they start talking, and we're just waiting for, like, the speech chips to catch up for half of this. So, like, Aldrea's like, hello, I am an Andalite, I am here, blah, 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 and he's like, hi, I'm Dak, and I'm a Horkwager, and she's like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like, it's a very weird first interaction. <laughs> it's very um, weird. And then she points at a tree and she goes, tree, because that's the cliched way yeah. that everybody learns a new language. Tree. Tree. Yeah. Got it. Nailed it. Right. One word. Doesn't right. lead to anything. It doesn't, it doesn't lead to syntax or anything. But we've got a noun. But we got a tree. For some reason, I have, like, a King Arthur reference written down here in my notes about, like, Queen Mab and uh, Welsh legends and fairy queens. And I don't remember quite what I was thinking oh. about that. I hope it comes back to you. I hope it does too because it sounds like a really It sounds really great. Yeah, like. Maybe it's the next chapter because that's when we jump to Esplin. Maybe. Like, maybe because chapter, are we chapter three or chapter four right now? Four. Oh, okay. Yes, four. (laughs) I hope I, I hope I can (laughs) refer to uh, Epsilon, Epsilon face. Epsilon? As, as, as the proper name because I, I figured out it was, I figured out pretty yeah. quickly who it was actually. 
Well, because I, I think we should just call him Epsi from now Epsi. on because it's like an insult because it's his like first like you know designation. Yeah, you know, like oh, Epsi's here again. ESP. The psychic here. It's like, like it's like that person you know from first grade who still remembers like your nickname for them. It was in first grade, yeah. man. Okay, FC. It's and it's fine. like you know, Fools! pants shitter or something like that. It's like pants <laughs> shitter. Yeah, like that's your first grade nickname. Like it's some really embarrassing thing. Oh that's why you'd call him that. But yeah, I mean, it, we know from uh, um, Jake's book where they went into the mansion with his brother. He, we're introduced to him as Epsilon. Um, or Esplin, whatever his designation. LeBron James. Yeah, it's like so, 66 because they end in yeah, double numbers. Exactly. So, I totally did not remember that conversation when I read this book. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when I was, when I read this book the first time, I didn't like, I, I was yeah, completely then, clueless as to who this Yurk was when we got their perspective. I was just like, what, what's going on? Who's this on? asshole? Yeah. Why are they all assholes <laughs> like this? Is this one we're supposed to be rooting for? Like, I don't, I didn't yeah. even know. Like, cause like I said, the Chronicles books I read out of context. Right, so right. I'm not quite sure when I grabbed them. So that wasn't fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. I also wrote down a couple of quotes when I went through the book. So like chapter four, um, the last thing I wrote down for Dak was the things I thought were true were no longer true. And I just, yes. I really liked that line for like, cause they're, this is literally their first of first contact with other species. Yeah. So like, this is totally like blowing Dak's mind. Like, I wrote that too. <laughs> it blows his mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, cause like. like yeah, Eldara, this is, you know, par for the course with her father. You know, she's met a bunch of different species, mm-hmm. and she's just like, these people are so, like, she's very hoity-toity right now. She's very, like, elitist. Yeah. Very Andalite, to be very, elitist. Very, very Andalite. You know, but for Dak, you know, like, this is crazy, especially given, like, um, his significance in Hork-Bajar society. Yeah. Which, like, did... Like, there, there's no way, like, genetically they could have known the Andalites were coming for Dak to be this old when they came. Right. So, like, what triggers uh, oh, a seer, man. you know? It has like, to, but, like, see, I want to so say it's just chance. It is, and I want to <clears throat> say it's just chance, but him and then Toby, and it's like, I mean, it, I and don't And Toby know. was only born when they were free. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I guess we have no way of knowing if a hork seer is born to the Yerks. We did speculate very early on in, I think, Marco's first book. Um, when we first see the battle between, or the um, conflict between Visor 1 and Visor 3, Visor 1 has hork and it's mentioned in that book that her hork can speak in, like, full sentences oh. and are... And are better than visor three. Oh my god and so we speculated back then is it possible that that's a seer that they that visor one gets because it's a better hork visor warrior that's that's fascinating to me because wouldn't the effectiveness of the warrior depend on the yerk at that point Probably. like you would you would think like, yeah like, given I, w- the I would ged, assume given so. the ged like mm-hmm. all of that you know rebellion was organized by the yerks not the ged you right. know so like all Hork-Bajar that have Yurk should speak in full sentences because they're not driving. Like, yeah. Their vocal cords still work, even if their intelligence to resist the Yurks is super low. So I would think we would hear about it because, oh, this Hork-Bajar is giving me a lot of trouble. 
rather than that, yeah this... then they can speak in full sentences mm-hmm. so she just has i think she has better yurks probably like that maybe he true. got all of the dumb shock trooper yurks that wouldn't be surprising or like, your baby you get so like... many people dead that we just keep giving you any yurk we have he like, has regardless all the of quality. <laughs> yeah, he has all the and if they survive then they go to visitor one right. like wow congrats you were, right? made it through or visitor two who doesn't matter apparently no like... yeah not They're on another much more successful occupation, <sighs> like all the invaders except Zim. <laughs> <laughs> Visitor three is Zim. <laughs> we gave you Without this Gur, he's trash super can because he doesn't have Gur. I saw a squirrel. He was doing like this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> That's the best uh, canon I've ever, I've ever I love heard it. of. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, since we're talking about Visitor 3, on, yes. I'll quickly um, recap his chapter. Yeah, so this is the first chapter where we see Aspelin 9466. And the double six, as you mentioned, is because of the twins. Um, and we get first experiences as a yerk, and it's a very rapid-fire list. So we find out immediately they're born from three yerks combining and falling away into a bunch of little pieces, and those pieces create new yerks. Um, they're blind, but they have sonar, they have smell, and they have some way to communicate with, like, squeaks. Um, we find out Esplin was born on a ship and never saw the homeworld, which didn't matter to me, but was something that Stephanie brought up a lot in the, uh, Andalite Chronicles as to why that version of Visor 3 could not have been the main one, because he wouldn't be able to create the Yurk homeworld, because he's never been there when they mixed the timeline device, mm. so, throwback to that. <laughs> they probably have maps, like... Yeah, he's probably seen know. video, like, like, I don't know. We have people for that. Right. <laughs> like, he also just could have been done away with, because our other thing was, like, he died when um, when Elfangor and What's-Her-Face came back to Earth and used the, the Matrix to drive it, so it was probably just a different version of him. Yeah. Or, but, yeah. Time travel. Time travel. Time. Wibbly-wobbly. Tiny thing. Um, I, we already touched on it a little bit, mm-hmm. but, like, so much info on Yurks and how do you make parasites sympathetic? This is how... Yeah. <laughs> right? It's yeah. cool and terrible that there's even something to relate to in something entirely alien to us. Like, we can relate to the Andalites. They have eyes and hands and right. they experience the world as we do. How do you relate to a worm? Like, now this do. is just like, you know, <laughs> like full kudos writing this chapter right here. Yeah, like, it was amazingly written. And like, just the like it, it almost takes us through the the biggest part of Ciro's kindness like right here because it's like he's seeing through his first host for the first time and how it's all overwhelming and amazing and then he gets it all taken away and we're like well who are we to take it away from him it's right. like never mind I'm Ciro now damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's just amazing writing for sure this entire book was very good writing. Yeah, I had um, I had another quote. Mm-hmm. Page 31. That's still in the chapter. I'm trying to decide how I did my flipping notes here. Apparently oh, I didn't cool. like chapter 6 because I didn't write anything for that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'd go from 5 to 7. But on page 31, <laughs> many, many of them found the whole experience terrifying, sickening, awful. Yeah. Which, just like... Yeah, that's, like, ah, too scary. No. Right? I want to be a worm. Like. And it gave, like, a whole other 
perspective into, like, you know, Visitor 3, Esplanade, he obviously is not, like, he's not afraid to go into any new host body, but there's got to be a ton of Yerks who are, and right. working for him with zero sympathy. <laughs> like, right? You know, I also uh, have a line, the few, the proud, the slug force. <laughs> the marines of the slugs. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so that was my takeaways from Chapter 5. I liked that. Um, <laughs> Adults not believing children leads to better liars as they get older. Like that's yeah. that's all we that's all I, I got think. from this. This is the moral of the story. Like believe your kids, or yeah. they'll learn how to lie to you. Pretty much. <laughs> that's the moral of this whole <laughs> series. Believe your kids for once. Mom, like, aliens are invading. That's nice, honey. Okay, <laughs> go do your chores now. <laughs> okay, bye, mom. I'm guessing going for a sleepover at my friend's house. Bye. <laughs> it's way more believable than aliens. Yeah. Bye. Oh Bye. man. That's this is why I can't hang out with kids. That's <laughs> I read something recently that was like, don't ever give animorphs to kids to read. It's too like you know traumatic or whatever. I oh. totally just gave like an eight year old the first four books for her I birthday. Was, I was thinking about that because like you and Casey have mentioned several times in the podcast that this book is not for kids, and uh. I, I actually think it is for kids, and the distinction is a subtle but um, distinct because it's not about what um, is appropriate for kids or what they can handle, like, because they can handle a lot more, but what they yeah. should have to handle. And that's the thing. It's not that these kids can't handle war or that the readers can't handle or comprehend the experience. It's just that adults think that they shouldn't have to. Yeah. And I think that is the, the like, significance. Mm. Like, when, when I, I read these books, like, as they came out, so I was, like, the target age audience yeah. for this. And I understood everything that was going on and you you pointed out too like when I said hi to my mom you know like did she know that you read this (laughs) you know and like I said my mom didn't read the books but I don't think any of these are presented not to kids they are presented in such a way that a child does understand the gravity Mm -hmm. of the situation Mm -hmm. like the whole aspect of Ciro's kindness or introducing like the horrors of war in bit pieces or Friends that are actually sociopaths, so make them rats. <laughs> um, but, like, and I think it's almost good, like, of Apple, Applegate to present these topics to children in a medium where you can talk about it and mm-hmm. express it, especially with all of, like, the non-PTSD depression that a kid might be going through or that, you know... I can't talk to my parents about an alien like invasion. They won't believe me. Like, what? What if all these were talking points so that you could grow as a person? Yeah. And I think these are meant for kids to grow and talk about terrible situations in a safe place. And I think yeah. that is the distinction that should be made. They are for children. Yeah, they they are. And I, when I say these aren't for children, I mean like. I would totally give this to a kid to read. (laughs) They're just, like, they're covering such adult topics that it's, like... I I think it actually shows a lot more respect from the author than Mm -hmm. the parents in the book do to any of their children. Yeah, and, (laughs) like, I think probably one of the biggest 
um, parts of this that I I love is like yeah this is a lot of intense stuff for a kid to think about but it's definitely not above them and then when Jake's mom sits him down in like his second or third book and she was just like no dude your kids have it way worse kids deal with these struggles kids deal with all this shit it's like that's the most respectful thing and like that's it's kids should have that and they should have that respect and they should be able to have these conversations and it's just I keep saying it's not a kids book because I read it and I'm like no these are for me now I'm I'm selfish I want these now (laughs) as an adult not that a kid can't read them yes no no I just mean these are excellent topics and maybe even as adults we shy away from them and maybe that's why I like Animorphs so much because you know they give us this like common ground topics for these conversations like the yeah. third book with Tobias, you know, oh. like so heavy, and a, <laughs> yeah. a, like it, it dealt with such you know body dysmorphia, you know, yeah. like oh not God, feeling yeah. at home in your own body is a very like culturally relevant topic now and you know throughout history even. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, as a child, don't have words like who teaches their child the word dysmorphia. Like, <laughs> right. you know, like, if you don't have words to discuss this topic, if you can't be like, I feel like Tobias right now, like, yeah. how do you even communicate that to a parent for the parent to be able to believe you? And how much healthier is it for the kid to be able to get that a decade earlier than anyone mm-hmm. else? Absolutely. Like, you know, and I always, like... I knew I liked you because you got my Animorphs friends. <laughs> <laughs> it was all about it. Basis of friendship. <laughs> That's how I choose all my friends. I just drop Animorphs references. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's such... I, I mean, I would absolutely... Like, it's such a, an epic thing to talk about. And, like, it's one thing for kids, like, you know, who haven't experienced a lot of adversity in their childhood... And then, like, also being able to say, like, but, you know, like, some kids had it really rough. And then give this, like, example to the people that haven't experienced that and say, like, yeah, just because you're your little reference. Yeah. To be like, oh, I get it yeah. now. Like, it's important. Yes. I just say it's not for kids because it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm justifying I me reading it. I wasn't, like, critiquing. No, no, no. <laughs> I just, no, no, it's sometimes when, um... Just when, like, when you say stuff like that to me, it makes me think, like, oh, shit. Like, there's other people that are out there listening to this podcast that don't get a platform to say to me personally, like, hey, man, it's also for kids. And so I just, like, I kind of, like, I speak to you, but I also am, like, trying to be conscientious of, like, oh, yeah, there's a broader audience that maybe, like, I'm not, like, describing myself clearly enough. So I want to make myself clear to them. And here for thoughts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's the Thought Podcast, I guess. Yes. I've been super excited for this podcast. Yeah. Actually. No, I have too. And I like and that's another reason like I was especially excited to have you as a guest on this one because I'm like you have such a good vocabulary to talk about things like this where sometimes I'll be like like body dysmorphia. I was trying to like talk to Casey about that and I'm like I don't have the vocabulary for this. And then I'm like, but Joy does. (laughs) So I was, like, really excited to get into this with you because I'm like, this is such a good book that encompasses so many huge moral ideas that deserve a lot of conversation around them. Yes. So... I'm super excited. <laughs> All right, so I, I, you can do chapter six without okay. interruption because I have zero. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is I think we already talked about it a little bit. <laughs> but 
because this is where this is a chapter where um, Audrey is hanging out with Dak, and uh, they've been hanging out for months at this point. And her dad starts admonishing her for not updating her log entries, and Audrey is starting to say like, it "Feels too much like spying. Like I don't want to do that." Um, but then Ciro's uh, refusing to believe that Dak is any more intelligent when she says like, "No, he's my friend. He's smart." And Ciro's like, "Yeah, no, they're all idiots. Okay, honey. Like whatever." Um, Barf is more depressed. And Aldrea's mom is very happy. She's the only one. <laughs> and uh, Aldrea's continuing to hang out with Dak and teach him things. But this is about the point where Dak has um, met her almost. At least in intelligence levels, if not in, like, basic knowledge, you know, quiz. His leaps forward in intelligence are, like, just astonishing. So cool. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> for the rest of their... It's really cool to see that. And I, I do like that it's a recurring theme between Dak and Aldrea about um, stupid being an insult. You yeah. know, like you thinking my people are stupid and therefore less valuable because of because, their lack of right. intelli intelligence. Like, I love that he keeps bringing that up because, like, I think that is a not commonly thought of um, prejudice. Mm -hmm. against people like it's it's a very easy perspective to like I have all this schooling and I'm better like you right. know and it's such on the back burner that like I don't think Aldrea even notices it until he's like I'm playing it out yeah right. <laughs> like, and it takes yourself so long for yeah. her to pick up and to be able to like self-regulate and say oh no I'm doing that thing that you keep pointing out to me that I'm doing yeah. again like so I, I thought that was a beautiful ongoing reaction in this book like when we're pointing out like Dak getting more and more intelligent and then mm -hmm. you know like Aldreas should still realize that like these are people and they have value and like you're not better than them. Yeah and not only that but I'd argue that at a certain point in this book Dak almost surpasses her I, I'm gonna say it, he surpasses yeah. her like, and then she's like, oh, this is how you feel. Yeah, My is... bad. <laughs> so what, what I really like yeah. about Dak is that, like, from the get-go, he's told he is different and he is, you know, subsequently mm -hmm. more intelligent. And he becomes so much more intelligent as the book goes on. But never once does he, like, express that he feels superior to the other hork -Bajir. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Like, he is given this, you know, like, you have a destiny. Like, how could I even know that young Mm -hmm. You know, right? Because, like, we don't get later until he's like, I drew a picture of you. That's not me. I am me. Yeah. You know, like, okay, you have speech and no sense of, like... Himself <laughs> and, like, yeah. trying to explain zero. Like, dolphins and elephants can recognize, like, pictures of themselves, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and recognize that, oh, you're referencing me. Mm -hmm. right. cute. You know, like, kind of a thing. So, like, they don't have that, like, that, that like, next to one another like I have an entire speech pattern and a culture and like obviously that picture isn't me because I'm me right. perspective is just so discordant mm -hmm. to one another um and I wonder how much of it is because of the Arn I would you know argue most of it's because of the Arn like <laughs> you know yeah like it's that's baffling again because they have such like a Jungian racial memory so like they're Low to pick up concepts but at the same time they could have like hundreds of years of memories yeah. you know like they are they born just knowing that is a, I don't have what is their word for trees the you know the type of tree that they yeah. have there you know but like are they like 
they pop out like that's tree i eat the bark got it <laughs> this bark only it's not even instinctual it's just knowledge that they're pre-born with yeah and like the other thing is is they mention in the very next chapter i'm just going to talk about this like they like yes. wrap the next chapter into this um this is one where eldrea gets her chatu morph and so she can she's taken back to the home tree and once they get to that home tree, there's classrooms there where they pass on these song stories. Right, right. Like, that's a whole part of their culture. And they're saying, like, they're not that intelligent, but they've created this entire language through song of these giant instruments that they've made to communicate with each other, which right. is very advanced. It's like, very advanced, and yet they don't have art. Like, it right. just, like, it throws me. They don't even, like, I think it would be cute if Horkajar, like, carved their names in tree bark. Like, <laughs> I'm only gonna eat this specific tree bark, yes. so it makes your name. <laughs> like, that would be adorable. <laughs> like, super cute like that. Um, the next chapter, I have a comment that's, like, very... Um, Andalite perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, she's very aware of herself in this like Hork Bajar community and comments on their lack of eye stalks and their mouth being a wound. Like yeah. it's odd, uh, which like totally goes against her like meeting a bunch of different species for her to like throw that out there. But again, right. it's very like cultural in this perspective. Like it's still weird to her after meeting all of these species with mouths to like sea mouths like mouth, it's still yeah. weird and i think that's very important like because if we met an andalite it would be super weird and then every yeah. time we met them it's still weird that you have eye stocks like yeah still, <laughs> like, how do you even <laughs> like and that's like i don't know it's something too about like I, I know i've told this story before but like i have one friend who can't smell and for whatever reason whenever i'm around her i'm like hey do you smell that and i don't ask this to people a lot but for some reason with her, I'm like, smell that? It smells weird. She's like, I still can't smell. Like, so I can, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is also where Eldara mentions, like, her morphing power. Yes, And I yeah. had a question. Like, why was morphing invented if not to preserve the law of Zero's kindness? Like, that's literally, like, the best reason ever to morph. Like, they yeah. don't have to know you're an Andalite. You, will you can exactly. study them as them. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, the perfect, like, spy mentality, which, like, goes counter to all Andalite thinking methods that we've been presented up to now. Like, you know, we're very, like, I'm an Andalite. In your face, I'm an Andalite. Did I mention right. that I'm an Andalite? I'm here. I'm blue. <laughs> I'm going to jump over you. I'm an Andalite, and I can look behind me. I have honor. I love that so much. Like, That's so true because they're like, they're like, why would I ever want to be another species? Right? Like, like why? What <laughs> motivation it developed this morphing technology when they're so proud of being Andalites? Like, that is like. It had to be a female. <laughs> <laughs> right? And they did mention, they're like, it's my friend's mom developing right? this. Right? So. Right? It's just, it's, it's oh. very, it's very weird to me, like, culturally, why Andalites came mm -hmm. up with basically, like, the perfect technology to spy on different cultures. And the, a, gr a great reason would be the incident of Ciro's kindness. Like, obviously, yeah. like, we cannot interfere with cultures. If we are going to study other races, we right. can infiltrate secretly. But at the same time, they're so, like, proud of who they are as a people and declaring who they are and having distinct ships and not hiding. Like, it's just discordant. It's... Yeah, it's insane is what it is. <laughs> it's just totally insane. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I. It's very strange, but like, that's why I want another perspective on Andalite, which is totally against our culture too, because they are so secretive. So we don't get a lot of it, but there's got to be some faction of like the military or something that's like, okay, here's <laughs> your intelligence agency where they're like, this is Andalite society. Here's what we're actually gonna do. Like, right, right. It's <laughs> maybe we've only met like the shock troops and like they're like interested in logistical yeah. concerns and how to feed the army and get in and we're battling exactly. with the Yurks. Obviously, we're drawing a line in the sand. So we're Andalites, banners declaring. Maybe that's all we've met. So mm -hmm. we haven't met their you know like secret research like facilities. So we don't get a lot of women. We yeah. like actually for science, right? Like, specifically like the science part of their culture. We have Eldara, who's a child, and then not in science. Yeah, um, and also know, so like she's super smart, but that's not, not. Yeah, you know her focus, like her mom, who's like specifically looking at trees. And I have another. I have like. It's not a quote from a book, but it's like how awkward she is interacting with yeah. her mom. Like, hey mom, I found a big tree. Would you measure it for um science? <laughs> Sure, sweetie. I love science. <laughs> I don't love you, but I do love science. <laughs> like, it was just such an awkward conversation. Yeah. Like, and when she's I like, I didn't admit to her what it was for. What does it need to be for? You're just measuring a tree. Just right? say, I want to know how fucking tall the tree is. Like, science. You didn't need to like, get all weird about it, man. Right? You know, it was just a very awkward conversation. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be. You know, like, your mom likes plants. You're like, Mom, I'm measuring trees. Can you measure, like, all of them in this area? Yeah. And, like, she can just write down the one that she cared about. I don't know. I don't get it either. It was very... <laughs> so awkward. It was like, so I said before, odd. I wish there was, like, more cohesiveness in, like, their family. Almost yeah. like, you know, like... Rachel and Cassie, like, saying they're best friends. I wish there was more cohesiveness. Right. Yes. Show me. Don't Like, I get that you're a family, it. but you're not acting like one. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, you don't even know how to talk to your mom anymore. Like, you wouldn't be like, oh, mom loves plants. Mom, measure <laughs> this tree. Yes! I've been waiting for you to <laughs> ask right? me. We can talk about science. Oh, let's <laughs> talk so about ready. how tall this tree is. And, why. and like, if she had the leaves, like, too, if you ooh, want. So, and like, how many. And, like, if she just stepped around, her mom probably would have told her 13 more useful things about the tree. Right? Like, right? You know, like, we discovered that it not only emits carbon dioxide, but also this weird blue mist, like. <laughs> and where does the weird blue mist come from? And right. also, they're right by the deep. So how did they miss the deep when they were scanning the tree? Right? Like, what the, the fuck? The roots have to go somewhere, and it's probably not into the core, molten part of the earth that's down there and exposed. And what is the rain made of that feeds this tree? <laughs> right? Like, so, so there's so much science and so little science. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I need only this one piece of information. Thank you, Mom. Like, it's got to be that teenage, like, insolence where Mom's like, oh, let me tell you about the tree. And she's like, no, Mom, I know how tall it is. Fuck off, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Yeah, so I, I thought that conversation was really stilted. So I wrote my own. <laughs> I like that. I like your conversation. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, I'll try to get back to the plot and, and keep going. It's, I believe we, in you. We're covering so much, though. It's good. Um, we have content. We have content. <laughs> so, yeah, Aldrea is uh, looking at the deep when she's at that tree. She can't look away from it. And then we cut to Esplin. Um, he decides 
that the yerks that get better host bodies and that move up in the ranks are yerks that make themselves worthwhile. So he decides he's going to become the leading expert on Andalites and spends, like, rocky kind of montage studying Andalite stuff, you know? He's like the first yerk xenobiologist, which is kind of cool and also makes him seem smarter here than in other books. He does, <laughs> like, I, like, this whole book, I'm like, he must have just been torn down by the Yerk Society into madness. Like, something. He's so logical here, like, I'm interested in this, and, like, I want to find out about this. And even, um, like, skipping way ahead, there's a scene where he sees Aldrea, and he's like, she was beautiful in that moment. And it wasn't like, oh, yeah, bang that. It was like, this is, like, right, the form. my yeah. thing. This is what I'm into, and I'm seeing it live. Like, I did kind of get a creepy It was a little. It was a little creepy. Then. I was trying to like, fend him slightly, because yeah, I actually I feel no, bad like, for I get, him. like, the, the beauty of form. Like, you can think, like, let's go back to the trees. Like, a tree is a beautiful, like, perfectly mm-hmm. symmetrical, like, the scene of a forest. Like, we have pictures of, like, landscape and stuff like yeah, that. You can yeah. see something as beautiful, like, so beautiful. I want to live here. And that is what you're referring to. Yeah. She is so beautiful. I want to live I want to live in that. <laughs> that specifically. Again, why did the Yerks not take the Andalites when they were they not They had so the many coffin? opportunities. Oh Instead, they God. just butchered their corpses. And they would know how to fly the goddamn ship that they stole. They you missed so much. I don't understand. I have a rant about this later. But this is, like, it's still, like, in this moment when we're finding out about um, Esplin here, he, like, it's, there's still so many moments where he's, like, he sees that bigger picture like that, where he's, like, why didn't we do this, or why don't we do this? And all the other Yerks are, like, nah, Andalite lover, gay, and, like, move on. It's, like, what are you, a fucking, like, 90s jock? Like, why? 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 Um, I had, I had weird notes here, like, he accesses a computer without a host? That's yeah, he says he can, like, plug in his nodes to the computer. Right? <laughs> Yerks like, built their own computer system? Right? Like, what were you doing with the Ged with, like, rock weapons? Like, Why um, not build yourself mech bodies <clears throat> with screens that you can tap into and just take over like that? Right? You know, and then I, I had a, a note, like, I kind of talk, talked about this earlier, like, how different would this be if the Yerks were symbiotes instead of parasites? Like, if they did grow up as symbiotes to the geth, like, what if, you know, having a yerk, like, you can stimulate the growth of that second leg and correct genetic defects because of, you know, like, direct access to the brain or, you know, something, like, extended life, extended health, Mm -hmm. like, um, a bi-thinking system, you know, like, you calculate the trajectory of our space flight while I actually punch the codes, you know, like, like, you have two brains, like, if they were symbiotes and not parasites how different right would this be and i think we see that theme too with whenever we get a view into like a host body that's resisting they make the yerk so much less effective Mm -hmm. so it's like the yeah if you work together you can be so much better like there's a lot to be said for that and like that also like they mentioned just coming up like very soon how getting a better host body is like a sign of rank and everything but what if they were reluctant to leave the gets because they're like no this is like who i'm attached to like yeah this is my my get like it would just have created a whole different i'm this is like really creepy but i kind of i kind of wish the the yurks like talked more about their hosts like people talk about cars 
Like, oh. I have, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have an Andalite model. It's like, you know, like they're, they're oh talking about like a Jaguar or like a Maserati, you know, like this model of like, you know, I have this much horsepower cause I have four legs and you only have two. <laughs> like, like they never like talk about it. Like, you know, they're in a mech yeah. suit or anything like that, you know? And I thought that was like weird given, you know, it is a sign of rank. They don't like play up, you know, right. anything like that. Like I have thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> like, um, anything like that. I could so. eat forever and never be full. <laughs> I got a cheetah. I can outrun you. I can outrun yeah. you all. <laughs> yeah, that would be like. And that really would like make Visitor Three like the ultimate status symbol. Is like he can have anybody. Like, right? and then like that would, I think, probably preempt a total takeover of anyone that's more capable. <laughs> right. <laughs> They would get right. more vicious towards the Andalites because they would all want to have that model. We we also get a name drop of Akdor one one five four who led the uprising against the Andalites. Yeah. That wasn't mentioned before. We get a name drop of him and the possible birth of the Yurk Empire. So like they didn't even have like a Kohi. Well, they had the Council of Thirteen. Yeah, before. which is weird that they had that before any other ranking system. Yeah, like, um, but now we're actually getting like a structural mm-hmm. system. And again, I they don't have the whole like it's a status symbol to get a better body, but they don't talk about you know yeah. like what makes a better body. Like obviously, Epsilon is like eyes. Eyes make a better body. Right. You know, so if he got a fly, he should be like the most this happy is the person. Best. Like a spider. I like, have you all have the eyes. eyes. <laughs> you know? But like that's not how they talk about it. No. You know, they're not like, you know, I like speed models, you know, like I like strong mo-. like they don't talk about it like that. They're just like this one's better. There it's totally like so I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption lately. <laughs> this is totally like when you go to get the horses in Red Dead, and you're, like, reading, like, oh, well, this one can get up to speed faster. Well, that one's not as good, because it's only got four bars in getting up to speed. And you're like, yeah, but once it gets up to speed, it's faster. It's like, well, objectively, which is better? Like, yeah. Like, I have endurance, you know? Like, great. Like, they don't, they don't, like, differentiate your society. Like, they have a ranking system. Yeah. But none of them are like... We need the Hork Bajar for workers. They don't have an infrastructure. You know, like, yeah. who builds the Kanandran Ray? You and know? They don't, they're not even building them yet. Like, we are we are pre-building right. anything. But, but like, there, there are definitely better host bodies for building things versus mm-hmm. lifting yeah. things oh, versus, yeah. you know, like, there, like, there should be a total, like, um, like, rank breakdown, like, your rank is obviously, like, the worker rank, and your rank is a military. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, like, because obviously, like, the taxons and the Horpish are their shock troops. But yeah. that's all we get, you know, like, who builds your society? Like, you know, you have to, like, who who is your spy master? Is there, like, do you need a smarter host for that? Or are they the Council of Thirteen without hosts just floating around in the pool? Like... Like, yeah, there, there's no, like, better something. host for smarter, is there? Like, what if the Yurk went into a host that was smarter than they were? Oh, what would happen? Well, that's, like, almost a chi scenario, right? Except they wouldn't be able to, like, trap them and fool them. Yeah, but, like, like they, they can totally take over. So, like, let's say, like, there's a Yurk with low intelligence who, mm-hmm. for some reason, gets a body, you know? And the, like, the the human, the Andalite, the whatever is smarter than they are, but they're controlling them. Like, do you get, like, I have access to astrophysics, but I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. 
Uh, I just will what? stare at this equation <laughs> all day. Right? Right? Because it's, it's one thing to, like, drive a body. Again, this is a really yeah. creepy line of conversation. It's, hey. but it's, <laughs> it's one thing to, like, drive a body, but they have the brain, too. They have all the memories. They, yeah. like, specifically go into... Like, they're, they're basically all of the Yerks who have forms, especially on Earth, are spies. Like, yeah. they not only have access to the memory, they have the nuance to use the memory appropriately. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can remember playing basketball and be like, I don't want to now. <laughs> like, I hate basketball now. <laughs> like, I hate basketball. I can tell you, like, the star That's... players for the past 15 years, <laughs> and I have all their cards, and I can tell you what they're doing wrong in this game. And oh, That just seems no, like a lot of, like, that. moving. That's just a lot of numbers. <laughs> like, I don't care. I have right? to keep like, following this. shoes like... squeak a lot, and I'm not down with that sound. I agree with that. Like... As a human, I agree with that. <laughs> you uh... know, but, like, but, like, but they never go into that. Like, if the Yurk's host is smarter than they are, can the Yurk use that? They have to be able to. And, like, here's going to be my example, too, and to some other stuff that you said. They didn't, like, in their society as it was, which is all of them in a roiling pool of sludge, there was no need to have workers and troops and so on and so like they develop it as they go so they get the geds and they kind of came up with this idea of like okay now we need troops and then they take the troops and then they realize we need workers so they couldn't infest the arn but they use the arn as workers but then once they get to earth they kind of adopt that human idea of like job positions and so on and so forth and so they get like, they have, like, you know, oh, well, we need police officers to be, you know, on the front lines when something that is pertinent to us happens. Or we need, you know, we have janitors in the school. Like, they infest all up and down the spectrum of jobs so that they have people in every kind of aspect. But there would be no reason for them in this book to have that. Oh, absolutely. But, like, like if you even go back to the Ged, like, you have a host body. Do they just, like, let the Ged go? starve for three days and then let the get eat when they're not in the yeah. host how do they make the host come back to the pool like yeah. they had to have a structure before that the get had to be stupid enough to stick their head in the pool the first time for them to get a host ever and then there had to be somebody who was like i'm gonna go in this gear yeah th- how did that <laughs> even come about like how did any of that come about? Like, how did they even get the ged? But I mean, like, that's what I mean by workers. Like, an army marches on its stomach. Like, yeah. do the geds have an agrarian society? Did we grow food for the ged when we realized, Dude. like, oh, I've been wearing this for three days and it feels really weak now and I don't know why. Like, Jeez. <clears throat> how long did it take them to realize that, oh, I'm, I don't feel well in here. I'm missing conundron rays. Like... Like, there's a whole bunch yeah. of, like, Yerk society. Like, because they have to take care of their hosts. Like, if right. they damage their hosts, they're damaging, again, uh, there should be more car references. You know, there should be some people who are like, my car's awesome. I got a tan this week. You know, I got my nails done. Like, my car's fucking blinged out. Like, right. I don't know what you're doing with yours. <laughs> Mine <laughs> but, runs on fuel efficient. Like, right. I have the Prius of host bodies. <laughs> I've shampooed this fur body like 27 times there should be a yurk that's like i have hair and it's fantastic 
fantastic. Oh my I, god. I'm so fuzzy. Yorks like, that just like focus <laughs> entirely on appearance and like I am the most beautiful. <laughs> right? You know, like there's yeah. something because like I love this this epsilon perspective because he's all about eyes. Andalites have four eyes. Yeah. So that's the one. That's, that's more the one collect I want. all Color, the eyes. <laughs> right? You know, and like that's a that's a concrete goal. It makes sense. Yeah. It's like it's terrifying if you're the guy with four eyes. Right. Um, but, <laughs> But that's a goal to have. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense from his perspective as a motivation, yeah. as a people. Like, I'm going to learn all about the Andalites. They're our main enemy. I'm going to be valuable so I can get a host body with good eyes. Man, he knows. He knows his goal, and he is going for it. Right? He, and he never says fools once. He never does, which is <laughs> so disappointing. Uh... He didn't pick that up till later. Okay, so another thing I've always wondered, this is totally off topic and not even, it's it's vaguely pertaining to this book. The first week that that um, Epsilon had Aloran as a host body, what the fuck was going on at the Yurk pool? Like, how? Were they like, uh, uh, how do we contain this as soon as you lose control? Like, what? How? How did that first week go? I just... It's like so every time, questions. so many questions. I just can't even imagine. Like, right. how? Just how did that go down? Anyways, I'll, I'll continue. This is just something I've wondered. It's okay. I have a rant planned for later. We haven't even gotten to my rant <laughs> oh, section. <no>. Well, <laughs> that's okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, it'll be good. Um, okay, so right. I have the birth of the Yurk Empire and a question like, how did they even find the Hork Bajar? Did they follow Zero so he could have more guilt? It sounds like they literally just walked up and were like, hey, man, what's up? Want to come on our ship? And he's like, okay. But how did they find the planet? Like, that was the whole yeah, basis because for, they like, left. sending Ciro there is this is away from everything. The Yurk won't come here. And presumably the Yurks have Andalite ships and, therefore, Andalite maps. Yeah. So you they... know, so if the hork Bajar was, like, like, planet was low priority on the map, like, like, let's say you get a map of the United States, and you're like, okay, New York, obviously large city center. Chicago, obviously large city center. Los Angeles, obviously large city center. Let's go to Denver. Okay. <laughs> right? Right? Let's, let's go to Denver. I hear weed's going to be awesome in a few right. years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We're really playing the market, guys. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, so it, it doesn't make sense unless... They came to the exact same logical conclusion as the Andalites. Like, the Andalites will never look for us here. Because mm -hmm. they say specifically, like, the Hork Bajar will serve our purpose as well. How right. did you find them? Because Zero's have been job... looking through everything. Yeah, but Zero's job was researching the Hork Bajar. So they didn't have files right. on the Hork Bajar of the previously captured, now outdated ships. But his job was also to warn the Andalites if the Yurks ever came onto this planet, which means they had to have known there was, for some reason, the Yurks may have been interested in this planet. But then they probably would have been faster to respond to the SOS. Yeah. Like, no. yeah, like, it's not like this, lo this doesn't <laughs> logically follow. They put him there because the Yurks won't come here, because it's not even on our radar. They probably marked it, Yurks won't come here, and the Yurks saw that, and the computers were like, fuck, we won't! <laughs> like, let's go, bitches! Right? Like, that's... Right? It's just, uh... <laughs> like, it's such a stupid... Yeah, it's just... Okay. Uh... Yep, moving on, they're here. They're here. <laughs> um... They're learning, they come back. Oh yeah, that's when we uh, 
there's the music tree happening as we cut back to Eldrea and Dak and uh, telling her about the guide tree. They're playing the music and they're very quickly talking through this musical. It's basically a giant cello that they made. And um, then they find out, they, they communicate something like, the Deep took three of our own and has produced a small species. And Dak's like, oh, that's weird. That doesn't usually make small species. And she's like, do they walk fucked up? And they're like, yes. And she's like, no, the Yorks are here. <laughs> so it was uh, pretty great. Um, and the next chapter is literally like a page and a half. And she just is like, I have to tell my dad that they're here. And then she's like, check the time in my Andalite brain. And she's like, no, I'm 15 minutes too late. Um, then we cut to Esplin's perspective, and he's on a ship orbiting above the Hork-Bajur homeworld. He's still in awe of this new body, and he's walking around observing the ship, talking about how it's an Andalite ship and they let all the grass die because they don't need it. And then this other Yerk named Carger, I guess. It's a very weird name for a Yerk. Um, he basically talks shit all the time, so Esplin doesn't like him. They tell him, like, hey, we're we, on this planet. There's four Andalites that we found. And Esplin's like, ah, oh, yes, I will take over this mission. And they're like, yeah, I bet you'd really like that, dude. And he's like, okay, I'll just give you information then. Because he's not like him himself as we know him at this point. He's more like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just go with you. Fools. Fools. <laughs> you fools. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they go down there. Um, they take Esplin with them because he's the lead intelligence on Andalites. And they're saying, they're, they've confirmed there's four on the planet. And they're like, okay, we see three in the scoop. We're going to fire. And Esplin's like, no, hold. Hold until all four of them are there. And the pilots are like, okay, Andalite lover, like, whatever. So they fire on them anyways. Um, and, of course, it everything that Esplin predicted would happen happened right. where they saw it and now there's <clears throat> this whole thing that's gonna happen um yeah they ignore him so then we cut to Eldrea's perspective where she just watched her entire family and her scoop be incinerated by the shredder oh, and you just like skipped over her like preserving the memory of a oh, better true. time in her mind and it was yeah. very like my mom's researching my brother's playing video games my dad's staring Hoping at something and wishing I'm preserving this for like, yeah. like it's just they do that I a wanted lot. to feel more heartbreak <laughs> here than I actually did I didn't like, I was like okay that's fine right it, it just felt like such a, a stepping stone to get on with like yeah. no my family's gone I have a real plot yeah and they try to make it sound like like when this happened, she's screaming like, "No, they're dead! They're dead!" And like, um, Dak is trying to like get her attention and say like, he literally like pulls her face at one point and like puts her her face on his, and she's like, "But I have stock eyes, I can still see." And like, they play it up, but it it's not genuine. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel genuine. And then so. they they bring back Ciro's uh, unkindness. Yeah. <laughs> After yeah. that, they decide to bully a child. Because they're the Yurk Empire, and that's right. what they're best at, honestly. <laughs> I, I kind of wish there was a Yurk there, because, like, it was a pretty good tagline. Like, you've killed my father, prepare to meet Ciro's unkindness. Yeah, and she like, was like, this is the flip side of the coin. And it's like, oh, well, like, no one heard yeah, that. Yeah, you're just talking to yourself. Yeah. You sound, you sound kind of weird. <laughs> this sounds insane. Like, you're just yelling at yourself in a room. <laughs> It's like that cutscene where, like, somebody's giving a great speech, like, on a darkened stage, and then, like, somebody opens the back of the stage door, and they're like, oh, hey, man, you coming? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's just... It's... It's, like, so epic yeah. talking to yourself. Yep. 
Hey, Andalite Bandalites, you didn't really believe that we could wrap up the entire Horkbizur Chronicles in one episode, did you? Did you? I didn't. Well, that's not true. At first I did, and then we started talking, and we definitely can't. I think these two-parters are going to become a chronic problem. For the Chronicles, at least. So, um, yeah, as, you, as you've guessed at this point, we have another episode coming out for you in one week, which is exciting for me. And then we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming. And on February 1st, you will get book 23, I believe, which uh, is Tobias's book. So, um, yeah, good news. I hope for most of you, we will be uh, switching to that weekly schedule for a short time. Um, so thank you, Joyce, so much for recording with us. Um, I, I, I cannot say it enough that uh, you thank you. Just thank you so much for recording with us. And as always, if you want to talk to Casey or myself, you can email us at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter, which is at Animorse Anon. You can follow us on Instagram and see all the uh, terrible images that I make at Animorse Anonymous. And you can also find us on Facebook at Animorse Anonymous. Or you can follow our super secret, super awesome group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorse Anonymous. So feel free to reach out on any of those mediums if you have complaints, concerns, compliments. Uh, that's all I can come up with right now. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and see you in a week. And thank you again, Joy. Bye.